You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, here we are. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. We're in uh, Beverly Hills today. It's uh, it's a beautiful new year, 2018. I'm here with uh, The Real Zuckerman. We've got uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Genevieve Morton. You may remember her um, not just from the cover of Sports Illustrated, but also from Car Matchmaker. She was the uh, South African lady looking for a muscle car, I believe. She wanted uh, an old muscle car. An old Mustang, I think it was. Yeah, that's right. She uh, found an old Ford Mustang. She's going to come be here in a little bit, uh, catch us up on what's going on with her. In the meantime, Happy New Year, Zuckerman. Happy New Year to you, Ferriston. Did you, uh, you know, we've been airing these shows kind of out of order, but this is the first time we've sat down after the New Year. Did you have a nice uh, holiday? Is that what you say to the Jewish people, the holiday? You what say, if I said happy? Did you have a nice Christmas, Zuckerman? Would you really be offended at that? I, I wouldn't be offended, plus Hanukkah's a joke. I mean, I hate to tell you that, <laughs> that what we're celebrating ended up in the uh, loss of the Jewish army uh, way back when. It really didn't work out for Are the you Jews. a religious person, Zuckerman, at all? Do you, do you, uh, you know, I was raised Catholic. I, I don't I don't go to church uh, anymore. I didn't go to church this time. Is, but, is uh, sarcasm a religion? No. I don't, uh, no, I You're not, don't. you know. Don't ever go and worship, or I like the I like to I, I kind of like to uh, address the Bible and religion as a as an exercise in critical thinking. Yes, which means which means I like to pick apart what I think <laughs> is true and what I think is like not really plausible. Percentages? How yeah. about what percentage of the Bible do you think is true? Okay, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's about 50-50. And, and the 50% that's true is like, you know, King David had, you know, five wives. You know, uh, I, was just, I was just thinking on the way in, and I was raised Catholic in, in a small town in Massachusetts. I was just thinking on the way in, if I ever walked into a church and heard a priest or a minister or someone preaching politics— talking about what's going—Donald, talking about all of this stuff, I would just walk right out. I would just go, look, I, I'm getting enough of that. And it seems like, and maybe I, um, I haven't been at church in a long time, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. It seems like that's all that's going on at church right now. They're political parties. Everybody's out there advocating for uh, the Democrats or the public, whatever. You know, it makes no sense. Well, this it's is— It's really the Republicans. I shouldn't even say it's the Democrats. It's the Republicans and churches. Are you, I mean, if, you, if you're walking into a church and you're hearing that stuff, will you just turn around? That's not church. It's about right or wrong. It's about right or wrong. That's it's right. About right or wrong. Don't you know? Stick stick to maybe the Ten Commandments. I personally like the Eleventh Commandment, which is "Don't take yourself too seriously." <laughs> That's a, probably the most important one. Who, who taught you that? I I've taught it to myself that. because when I was a kid, my rabbi, Rabbi Spar at Temple Beth Shalom on Long Island, wore a toupee, and even at ten years old, I thought there was something significantly wrong with a man of God <laughs> needing to wear a, a wig in front of his Did congregation. Did you ever ask him about it? I didn't. I just thought, how do you get the yarmulke to stay on the wig, which how do you get the wig to stay on the head? And so it, it all seemed really comical to you me. You know, my mom was setting me up to be a Eucharistic minister of some kind. Now, here I am being forced to go to church every every weekend. And, and right around the Noah's Ark story, I go, oh, no, this is all fakery. This is all made up stuff. So now I've got I've to gotta get through, I think it was about... Eight more years. So I figured that out maybe when I was 10. And my parents were not going to let me not go to church until I was 18. So I've got it. So right around 17 and a half, my mom arranged a meeting for me with a priest in, in Massachusetts, I by the way. I hope it was a happy ending. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> that now looks like a very dangerous proposition. But um, I, I went to this meeting and he said, uh, your mom and I think you're ready to become a Eucharistic minister. I said, what? He goes, we'd like you to, to, to up your ante here and commitment in the church and become this Eucharistic minister. I still don't know what this position is in the church. Well, I know. You give the cracker. 
You give the cracker. You give the cracker yeah. for communion or something. And I said to him, I go, look, you know, no offense to you and what you do and, and everyone here, and I, I, li- I like everybody, and I and I, it's nice to see my friends and my neighbors here every Sunday and say hi and play in the the back of the church and goof off, but uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> in four months, I'm going to be 18, and I'm not coming back. I, I, I just don't buy what you're selling. I'm sorry. I respect it. You can do whatever you want, but I just don't buy what you're selling, and I walked out. And then when I went home, my mom said, how did the meeting go? And I said, it went really well. <laughs> really <laughs> See well. You, later. you should follow up with uh, Father uh, Goss or whatever his name Goss. was. My first experience with religion and knowing that I was Jewish was my, my best friend, Bobby Bestesee, coming up to me at about age, I think I must have been five or six, and saying, you killed Christ. And I didn't know who Christ was, and I didn't know why I was being accused of killing him. Uh, and so from then on, it was, you know, nothing was right in my life. There you go. Well, that was the holidays for us, huh? <laughs> you were in I, New York, weren't I you? I went to New York. I had a great time. I saw that uh, Springsteen play, which was outstanding. Um, I saw, what else did I see? Uh, the new Amy Schumer play with Steve Martin, which I really enjoyed. Wow. Eric and I had a really nice night is out it, there. Is, is Springsteen worth all the money that you have to pay? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I, 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 I'm not, and, and there, are, there are a couple things I hear people say about the show. One of them is the, the category I fall into, which is I'm not the biggest Springsteen fan, but when I left there, I was. Wow. I okay. really enjoyed it. Uh, when I first sat down, and it's just one guy, and it's Bruce Springsteen singing into a microphone, I started to worry, like, how am I going to get through two hours of this? <laughs> 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 I brought my brother Wally. He and I were there. He's not a Springsteen fan either. But then I, I didn't want the thing to stop. The, the really? story, the, the it's the story of his life, but told in lyric in a lyrical way, almost like a song lyric, very intimate, and mesmerizing, and yeah, he incredibly intimate and revealing about who he is and his, as he says, his magic trick. He goes, "I have one magic trick, and tonight I am going to reveal it to you." And at the end of it, he goes, "There's my magic trick," and boy, is it, it's quite a magic trick. So it was a, it was a special. very special night, really fun. Um, and Amy Schumer and Steve Martin's play. I mean, you're just laughing the whole way through. Good night with the wife. Great dinner. I had Portia uh, drop me off. And this is one of the the perks of of being in the car world. Portia uh, dropped off a brand new Panamera Turbo at the hotel for me to use for the week. What color? It was, uh, that's a good question. Mahogany Metallic. I had to look it up because I had never seen this color before. cars are always funny colors, aren't they? They want to photo. They want them to photograph different, and I like that too. But this, it looked like a, a burgundy, and then in other lights, it almost had an amethyst, like purple look to amethyst, it. But, amethyst, yeah, amethyst. I can't <laughs> say that. But um, this car get dropped off. It's freezing in New York. How cold? It was brutal, huh? It, it started off kind of warm, then it got brutal. But you get in this thing, and boy, does it take care of you. Is it too big for New York City? No, sir. No, sir, it Come is on, not. Blind it is perfection. Spots, uh, well, remember, doors. we're a family of four. Right. But that all four of us get in the car, and all of us went, oh, my God. We all have little heat warmers. We turn on the Burmeister, the Burmeister music. And you've got uh, a, a twin turbo. Here are the stats on this car. Uh, 550 horsepower. Zero to 60 in 3.6 seconds. 190 miles per hour top speed. How's that possible? And you're in New York, and you're comfortable, and it's quiet. Like, you, you know that yes. suddenly the city's blocked out? Yeah, that yeah. happens. The reverse THX. Thing. And then, you know, we're blasting out to Wally's house, to his house in Livingston, New Jersey. So we get out of the city, and I notice the car is steering itself. It's 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 keeping itself in the lanes, Very right? It's got anti- lane. Not Porsche, not Porsche. It's got lane keeping assist and traffic sign recognition and quartering notification. But here's what it's doing, Zuckerman, which I was really blown away by. And, and maybe this is because I haven't driven a lot of new cars lately, but this thing, for 10 seconds at a time, would self-drive. It was self-driving down the road, okay? It was staying, and it's not perfect. It kind of slowly moves to the left line and slowly moves to the right line, which I found kind of relaxing. And after about 10 seconds, and by the way, no mistakes, but then after 10 seconds, it says, you better take control of the wheel. It'd be funny if you could argue with this thing. You're not driving right. No, you're not driving right. <clears throat> and I've talked to people. They say what they like to do is just rest a finger on the steering wheel and just give it a little <laughs> tiny input so that it always stays it, in that so mode. So it's a little video game. It keeps you going. But again, you get that little hint of what self-driving cars are going to be I'm like. I'm scared and for the future. Scares me for the future. You should be excited. 
No, I, I don't thought like... you at one point you said you were very excited about all the business you're going to get in the personal injury. That's the only thing I like about the future. Otherwise, I want to be left behind. <laughs> I want to be. I, I, I liked where technology was in say the early '90s. That's where I was last current. Oh, and this is yes. an old man speech. I, it this is, is an old. old I, okay, but don't, every old man just stops in a year, and, certain, and then it's the clothes and everything that comes with it. So you're Mister '95. Yeah. Just keep growing, man. Keep learning. You, above all else, you're going to love it. You know why? Because you're always on the phone. You're always doing business. And you're going to be able to sit in your car and do business while you're in traffic. What was it like? You, you Well, you came from Hollywood today, right? I, yeah. I came from Brentwood today. And I was in a great mood. I'm in the Leaf Green 911T. And I get to Beverly Hills. And it's just shut down. Do you know what they're doing on Santa Monica? There's no left. I'm going down the alleys of set, to try to get here in time. And now I'm mad, right? It's insane. It really is the amount it's of insane. traffic the and construction. The amount of shit that I just hit at that last minute. Now, the self-driving car, it, 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 the car deals with it. I'm just looking down. What I'm do you reading. do? Read a book? You read the, the newspaper? <clears throat> you, you check out porn? I'll what do you do? You, I'll tell you what I'm reading. I'm glad you asked. Because uh, maybe it was seven shows ago, eight shows ago, that we started talking about the lawsuit John Cena versus uh, – or it's Ford versus John Cena, Right. You've yeah. all heard about this if you're listening at home. Um, and John Cena's tough. He's a wrestler. He can take on a lot, but I don't think he can take this on. John Cena ordered uh, one of those four GTs. He had and to apply. He had to apply. He had to write an essay, by the way, and he had to get a good grade on it. B, B pluses or less, no four GT. That's what I heard. Um, and John Cena apparently sold that car, and Ford caught wind of it, and they filed a lawsuit. And this was before the end of the year, right? Sometime in December, mm-hmm. right? And you and I were talking about it, and you said, I can get a copy of that lawsuit. And I said, I dare you to get a copy of that lawsuit. Which, of get. course, I produced instantly. What I'm holding right here. <laughs> a copy of all 27 pages? Did you get no, the exhibits? No, 39 exhi- did pages. Did you bring the exhibits as well, Mr. Ferris? I've got, I've got it all. But before I even get into any of it, Zuckerman, <laughs> how was this obtained legally? Oh, yeah, it's a public filing. This That's the great thing filing. about lawsuits is that it's a public filing so everyone can see the sins that you're accused of when you get sued. Right. So I can talk about this. I can read what's in there. Say whatever the heck you want. And by the way, John is uh, supposedly coming on the show. <laughs> I love the guy. <laughs> I want him to come on the show. So I hope this doesn't What was that with movie that? with Amy Schumer that he had the, such a great role Trainwreck. in? Trainwreck. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's one of the great all-time jokes that yes. when guys get angry, they get gay. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to fuck you up the ass. <laughs> Wait, what did she say? Yeah, that's really one of the funniest jokes I've ever seen. Anyway, I really wanted to know a couple of things about this lawsuit. One, what claim does Ford really have? What are they threatening him Iron with? Ironclad. And what uh, did John Cena do? When did he sell it? He broke his word. Well, guess what? I've got all the answers right here. I feel a little like Rachel Maddow right you know, here. You know what, Spike? <laughs> this is this goes under the the rubric of a deal is a deal. Okay. Now, uh, when you, when these things are numbered here, jurisdiction and venue, uh, uh, line six, is that how we refer to it? Line six? Well, you would refer page and line. So what page? Page and line. So page three, line six, uh, the amount in controversy exceeds $75,000. That is a jurisdictional comment that, that you're in the proper courtroom because you're dealing with a matter over seventy five thousand, which is an unlimited jurisdiction. Matter. So, so damages could go as to high anything. as they want them to. Okay, because right. that leads. I, I, I had a feeling it was going to go there because later on it gets kind of scary um, between Mister Ford yeah, and Mister Cena. The agreement about Ford, but this is the idea: is to scare the heck out of him, right? Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, as a result, Ford requires that the individuals who are ultimately selected to purchase the Ford GT agree not to sell their vehicle oh. for 24 months after delivery. Oh. <clears throat> pretty so, clear. Pretty and, clear. And we know from looking at the applications, it says it, it plain as day on some. Uh, these were not like the application <clears throat> was not a highly technical legal document. Well, it was this, pretty easy to read. In this lawsuit, it's interesting. They kind of set you up. They say all of the things that you agreed to, right? And all the terms you agreed to. And, and then what you did are. wrong. So, page five. It's how you talk to your wife. Under the program, Ford selects individuals who are best suited to enjoy the Ford GT to discuss a potential purchase of the vehicle. In selecting these vehicles, Ford takes into account, among other things, each applicant's interest in Ford cars, specifically the GT, and in collectible cars generally, each applicant's relationship with Ford, blah, blah, blah. That's the, that's the thing you had to get a B-plus on, the essay. <clears throat> yeah. 
<laughs> what, what do you mean? You had to reply, look, I'm a, I'm a Hollywood guy. I love cars. I love Ford. Wouldn't you love you, to see that's the, Can you get John Cena's essay? Do you think he's written in crayons? <laughs> no. He's a really smart, funny guy. I, look, by the way, I love John Cena. I'm a huge fan of John Cena, and I'm not sure I'm siding with Ford on this one yet. But, but uh, again, if they give me a Ford GT, I could side with them. It's, uh, it's that easy. Um, okay, here we go. Now we get into the interesting part. So uh, Mr. Cena made two payments for the car. His first payment, $230,000, right? This, this payment had to be made before the vehicle was built. And on or about September 21st, 2017, Mr. Cena made his second final payment of 233000 and change, okay? Boy, the layaway plan, 50% <clears throat> up front, 50% due. Now, this is important, Zuckerman, because it says here... On or about September 23rd, 2017, the car was delivered to his home in Naples, Florida. And then by October 20th, Ford learned that Mr. Cena had sold his car. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. So that's now, 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 now look what it says. That had learned, had learned. A month later, it had learned. That doesn't mean he didn't take that car and, <laughs> and do it two days and later. flip that car two days later. Okay, here's where it gets cool. Page uh, page ten of eighteen. What line? I guess. Line twenty eight. Upon learning this information on or about October twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, a Ford representative contacted Mr. Cena to discuss the unlawful resale of the Ford GT. In a telephone call, the Ford representative directly asked Mr. Cena if he had sold his twenty seventeen Ford GT. To which Mr. Cena responded, bum, ba, dum, ba. "Yes, I did." He didn't say my bad. <laughs> My bad. Whoops. You didn't get it. That was his theme. That's yes. Cena's theme. Dun, 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 dun. So he did. He said, I did. Uh, thereafter, in a subsequent text change with the Ford representative. Well, what the fuck did you do that? He texted, uh, I'm sure. Oh, boy. That's not in there. Uh, and the representative pointed out the consequences of Mr. Cena's contract violation. Mr. Cena responded, I completely understand, and as stated, I'm willing to work with you and Ford to make it right. Which means... My sincerest apologies. And what does that mean? What a good guy, right? What a good guy, except he didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Except except it it was just words. We keep going. The Ford representative then emailed Mr. Cena and formally notified him of breach of contract and requested that Mr. Cena obtain the immediate return of the vehicle. Get it back. (laughs) Mr. Cena again responded that same day and stated he would go get to work on this right away. (laughs) (laughs) You've heard this before, I can tell. Of course. Like, like, uh, can you imagine John calling up the guy he sold the car to? Hey, I I need to get that car back. By the way, the car he sold to who has no contract with anybody, right? uh, yeah, um, Ford can't take that car back from you him. Just, you just wait out by your mailbox, John. I'll I'll have the car back right away. Okay, here's where it gets juicy. Uh, page eleven of eighteen. To date, however, Mr. Cena has not made it right in quotes and has sought return of the vehicle and upon information and belief has made a profit from the improper How sale. How much? In addition, Mr. Cena still has failed to provide any documentation concerning the improper resale and is now refusing to do so, despite his earlier indications otherwise. All right, we're siding up here. What what are are your thoughts so far, Zuckerman? Well, you know, when I was about seven, uh, I I did a little shoplifting and I got caught. And and my mother made me – she she dragged me back to the store and made me give it back. But my father – uh, who was a, a very uh, kind of even guy and, and had a tendency to talk to kids like adults said to me, if you're going to do something wrong, make sure you don't get caught. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this, you, you know, so we, it's very <clears throat> simple. A deal is a deal. You, you tell Ford that you're going to keep the car for two years. You keep the car for two years. If you're going to be one of those guys who sells it, what you do is you do something with someone you trust, very sneaky, you keep the pink slip, you say that you lent it to the guy, right. you have a very on the DL deal so that you do not get caught like this. And what, I, what do we think, uh, and it doesn't say what he sold that car for, but... I believe they said he made a million dollars profit. Yeah, I've I heard s- that. I don't know I if that's I have heard a million dollars. It's certainly not listed here. I, I just wonder how the hell you got caught so quick. you got to really... Have have made some serious well, errors of judgment. That's pretty easy. 
they they haven't made that many of these cars yet and you take it out somewhere and then then the guys at ford see it on social media or hear about it that's pretty quick i mean you can't keep secrets when you and i sell cars it's two seconds before somebody is uh, messaging us on instagram hey did you sell your car people know about it instantly and i frankly believe that if john if john had said to his ford dealership you know i need to sell this car can, I, can we can we sell it through the dealership and split the profits? Everything would have been well, kosher. Well, that, that, that is what they want to do. They right. want to take possession of the car. Now, those folks that are out there right now going, look, if I'm paying half a million dollars for a car, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want with it. A deal's a deal. You signed the paperwork, said you couldn't. Do you think it's unfair for Ford to ask that? No. Not at all, because they, they want to control... Because this is really is about controlling brokers, right? It's and we all, we all kind of hate the brokers. And, and, the... and if they're making a limited number of cars, and Ford is a company that makes very pedestrian cars, they don't make a lot of halo cars, they want their cars, they want their halo cars in brand ambassadors' hands. And I think they have a right to pick and choose who initially is going to have that car and let the rest of us plebeian people uh, drool all over it. <laughs> well, it's a big deal. They haven't made something like this, this in 12 is what, years. Uh, all right. Now, this is where I wanted to uh, get down to brass tacks here. How much money is at stake here? I believe it's going to be the million-dollar profit. Let me tell you. Well, let me tell you something. Let me read this for you because there was a frightening little paragraph here. Yes. That would be uh, page 13, line 42, uh, Counselor. As a result of Mr. Cena's breach, Ford has suffered damages in excess of $75,000. So that leaves open a financial amount, including, but not limited to, loss of brand value, ambassador activity, and customer goodwill. Squishy. What is John Cena's two-year brand value? Like, if you wanted to pay John Cena for two years to promote your product, put a monetary value on that. That's that's millions of dollars. It could be. So I think what, but I think that it's in there for leverage. I think what they want is they want their car back, uh, and uh, they want their money. What was it that uh, Morty said in in, uh, in in Goodfellas? Give me my fucking money. I want my fucking money. <laughs> Ford wants. Ford wants going to want him to regurgitate uh, what what he got, all of the money he got for the car. What is this prayer for relief on page uh, 17? What does it, that mean? It just means what you're asking for. It's old-fashioned legalese. I pray. I pray the court that I may get my million dollars. <laughs> Give me my money. Give me my fucking money is another way of putting it. <laughs> well, what do you think they want more? Okay, now, having looked this over, do you think they want the car more? Do you think they want the damages more? Is it a combination of both? It's, it's, is it they want just three to things. scare John they want, Cena? They want three things. They want the car. They want the money, and they want to send a message to everybody else who owns these cars. Do not breach the deal. There and I go. think that they've been very effective. I don't think anybody would consider selling one of these four <laughs> GTs now after this. They made him. They put him. You're from Boston. They put him in the stocks and threw tomatoes <laughs> at his face in the public square. Yeah. It's, it takes balls to sue John Cena. What is right. he going to do? He's going to go to Ford and beat everyone <gasps> up? Bust I, out of his Hulk t-shirt and beat the crap out of him. Pull Henry Ford out of the cemetery. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sue me. <laughs> I'm John Cena. All right. Well, let's take a break. Um, Zuckerman, you got to head back to the office. Thanks for coming in to talk about the lawsuit. That was really fun. And in a minute, we'll have Genevieve Morton, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model. See you next week. <laughs> And I'm keeping you out of the studio, by the way, because I, I know what'll happen if you get too close to that girl. Oh, you just don't want the competition. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. Guess what? No uh, big news. We're all going to die. So before you die, there are some things you should do. And how about a trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500? I'd like to see that. And I'm not talking about any trip to the Indy 500. I'm talking about the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. Pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, 
VIP track access, suite access to watch the race, a thousand bucks for incidental and travel-related expenses, you know, uh, beer, round-trip airfare for two to and from Indianapolis, hotel accommodations for two for five nights at a hotel near the Speedway, ground transportation to and from the airport, hotel, and Speedway, chances to meet the drivers, you will do it all, you will be taken care of, just like they do when making high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, 10 first-place winners will receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY to 41487, that's INDY to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pit. Yeah, and a ham horn, and uh, we have a new <laughs> podcast. You can find our show exclusively on the Podcast One app on podcastonesports.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Uh, Ourselves. A, a lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right. Well, here's Genevieve Morton. Hi. How are you? I'm really good, and it's, thanks for having me on the show. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you since the, our car matchmaker episode. Which was amazing. Do you remember the name of that episode? Do you... uh, I don't remember the name, but I do know that we picked the Mustang, and then I got like a regular Mustang after that, because I became obsessed. <clears throat> well, um... Genevieve, as I've mentioned earlier in the show, is a uh, former Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Um, what would you call yourself now? Just a model? Or do you, are you a uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model forever? Do you I, think, I think you can't ever not be a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, but it really depends <laughs> on the person I'm talking to. You know? And it's hard because since I don't want to just be seen as one thing. I'm trying to like diversify my life. That's a pretty still. good thing to be seen as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, it's, like it's one of those like bombs I drop when it's necessary, and then I just keep it close to right, my chest. I hear what you're saying, time. but I've, for many years, I wrote an episode of Seinfeld called The Soup Nazi. Mm-hmm. It it, for many, it's always the thing I'm introduced as, the guy who wrote this. It doesn't matter what project I'm fronting. I was hosting my own late-night show. to be like, Soup Nazi Guys hosting his own late-night show. It's great, and Eventually, though. you embrace it, right? So here we are with Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model, Genevieve Morton. One of the, as I, I believe I read, one of the, the top 50 of all time. You're on the big top 50 list. Yeah, I mean, when Sports Illustrated put out that for the 50th issue, it was an amazing, uh, amazing issue, that one. I don't know if you saw the 50th issue, but they just had a collection of all their best swimsuit models um, from, I mean, Rachel wow. Hunter was there and all the most <clears throat> the incredible women, which was great for me because I got to meet them all and I was obsessed myself. And, and Kathy Ireland was like super nice. I really She's very, yeah, I remember really having a crush on her. Um, did you all get along? When all yeah. the swimsuit models are together? I mean, at or least face-to-face. Little... Face. <laughs> <laughs> does it get catty? Do you guys share the same makeup people and hair people? or? I mean, I think the bigger ones get to have their own ones. But really? because I you know, so I was is... just one of the gang, I got to have the shared one. Is there So there, so do people get like special little corners of the makeup tent? Do you know um, what I'm saying? Like, if is you're there extra a... special, like if you get the cover, then you get your own makeup and hair and they go to your oh. room. If you're not on the cover, then you get to go into like the whole room where everybody is <laughs> and then it's kind of like scheduled <clears throat> out but you know obviously everyone fights for the makeup artist they know is the best yeah. one what and what what's one of those shoots like i mean is it <clears throat> there's not like any trumpy guys walking around trying to steal looks at you girls or is it all locked down what what's that whole situation like because i imagine it's different these days than it's ever been well, I think right now I'm seeing that Sports Illustrated is actually revealing some of the girls that they're using um, while they're shooting, which is great uh-huh. because then it's great promotion the whole year and the girls get to really maximize on being in the issue. When I was in the issue, we had to keep it on lockdown. We weren't allowed to tell anybody we were in the issue. Right, right. So on the one hand, it was great because it was a big surprise. But on the other hand, you spend the whole year with this big secret and you can't tell anybody and it's excruciating. Right, right. But then obviously on set, it depends on where you're going and which country because sometimes you're shooting on an island and there's nobody there. And then another time you're shooting in the middle of a city and everybody wants to know what's going on. Right. And of course, you just, you know, 
you're always shooting in cities as a model, so you can just play it off that it's something random, you know, whatever. But I mean, if you're in a swimsuit in the middle of nowhere or in a <laughs> busy street, people want to know. They <clears throat> oh, want I details. See. So you're trying to keep a secret. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to keep the secret that, that, that we're doing this shoot and, and that I'm one of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuits. I guess I remember that. It's a very important issue. And I remember growing up with this thing. And, and you know, as as a young man, you're very excited that this issue was coming out. <laughs> like, well, was... I don't think men feel that way now. <clears throat> now it's available all free on the Internet for anyone to see. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There was something charming about it. It was the one thing my mom would not get upset about because like, it would be delivered by the mailman. He would deliver the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model and all these beautiful women in it and swimsuits, and it was all cool, right? Well, I think it's like – I think what I like about Sports Illustrated in a lot of ways is it's, it's like the girl next door except elevated. It's like the girl you wish lived next door. But right. everybody's sort of got an, a, friend, a friendly appeal. You know, when we're shooting, we're actually, you know, encouraged to be more friendly and fun and not where other – some magazines, they'll push you towards more being more – you know, unapproachable, I guess. Right, right. Which I love. And I think one of the, the charms of the magazine and the company as a whole is that it's um, it's not just what the girls are looking like. It's how they behave as people and how they interact with people. So when they're doing the launch weeks, it's very personable. And I think that um, that's probably what sustains the magazine for so many years. And they, the, you have to be personable. Yeah. They're so, putting you in the situations and parties that you have to be out there shaking hands and politicking and... But what I, I wanted to have you on because I, you know, I really enjoyed my time with you on Car Matchmaker, and and I was really charmed by the idea of uh, this desire. You're from South Africa originally, right? When did you come over here? Um, I came here in 2009 when I first started working with Sports Illustrated, and mm -hmm. I've lived here ever since. But now I have my green card, ah. so I'm pretty excited. About it. I didn't even have to marry anyone to get it. I did it all <laughs> on my own. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and and is that a difficult process? Like I, well, you know, I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was really difficult, but now lately, since I've already got it and gone through the difficult thing, everyone around me seems to be doing it quite fine, which makes me feel insecure about the fact that I'm not so good at paperwork. But for me, it was really hard. But are, and are you standing in line with like a bunch of people who are trying to get citizenship? Are you? Are you know what I'm trying to say? Are um, all countries equal here? If is yes. South Africa Everybody's as equal, equal and as you don't Mexico? Need, honestly, as equal. you have to get a lawyer, and the lawyer does all the paperwork, and it's super expensive, and it it's is. really stressful because oh they give you a list of things, and they're like, you have to check off as many of these things as you can, and it's just really stressful. And did you because, have to recite the uh, Pledge of Allegiance? Oh, no, that's when I'm going to become a citizen. <laughs> now, this is the thing. According to what I've researched online, you have to wait five years after having your green card before you can become a citizen, unless okay. you marry an American, in which case it's two years. But again... I want to do it on my own because I'm convinced that if you marry somebody, they'll hold it over your head for the rest of your life and be like, I gave you citizenship. You owe me. Get down on the floor or whatever. I don't know what people want you to do when you owe someone something, but I'm imagining Getting it's that. Getting down on the floor is a good start. You know what I'm saying. I mean, okay. Well, that's there's what I no way to, to be. be. I don't think there's any way to be in it. And by the way, you're right. You're absolutely right. I definitely would feel that leverage in the relationship. Of course. But it would be good. I, I think it would be good because you seem to have uh, – you have the beauty leverage in the relationship. Like any guy, I think most guys would be terrified to be with you a little bit because you're very lovely and you're very attractive and you're out there in the world. And the, it, it would feel to me like there would be a lot of competition constantly. Like well, if it I didn't has keep actually been hard. You, with guy, I had a guy recently who I had been dating and it was really challenging. Every time my phone went off and it was a guy, he would be like, who's that? Why is he contacting you? And then I'd say to him, okay, you know, I've been working with Sports mm -hmm. Illustrated for, you know, my entire career, which means I'm only really like uh, introduced to, like, male people. Right. So, yeah, all my network and contacts are males. Like, you're going to have to get used to it. And if you don't, well, then I guess this is over. Needless to say, I'm single again. Oh, and that was the end of it. So maybe yeah. you do get the, get, get the uh, citizenship from a guy. Give him that little bit of leverage. And maybe he'll feel okay. Yeah, maybe. But maybe not. But you can always say no to the uh, green card leverage. No, <laughs> like, but this yeah, is... I don't need to do that anymore because now I know I'm the secure. The citizenship, you know, when you said that, it really kind of piqued my interest as a as a Seinfeld story. That would be really it's That would have been funny. That's that would have been really good one. a very funny kind of George Costanza thought that Definitely. I could get this uh, woman, if I could make her a citizen, I, she would do anything I want. Of course, that would never happen. 
<laughs> right? Well, it would be really funny, though, if you, ch- if you put that into a story. Yeah. She'd probably just lose her mind and be well, like, let's... I'm all good. I'll go back to wherever I'm from. <laughs> Get down on the floor. <laughs> and do what I say. We need some and do what I say. Uh, car matchmaker. So you – here's what I liked. You, like a lot of people um, – and it's not just because you're South Africa. You wanted uh, uh, an old uh, muscle car, right? Old yes. American muscle car. Yes. And you'd never driven an old American muscle car. No. And I that's that's the thing I've noticed with uh, a lot of, you know, men and women, but mostly women who look at these beautiful things and then they get behind the wheel of them, and it's a very different experience. And I, if I recall correctly, we had. A late 50s Chevy Corvette. We had a, a 64, I don't remember the Mustang that we picked, but it was a blue Ford Mustang, beautiful car. And then a, a fake uh, Chevy Chevelle. Camaro? Yeah, oh, yeah, Camaro. you're right. There it was. It was Green a Camaro, Camaro right. Yeah. But it, it was some version of the Camaro that wasn't legit, yeah. and somebody had uh, faked it. What were your, were you surprised when you got behind the wheel of those cars, uh, how they drove? Well, I had specifically asked for um, a stick shift, which is what I did my right. license on in South Africa. So for me, it was really fun doing that. But the one thing I found interesting was um, the steering wheel, being that it was so thin and kind of very, very different to the wheels right, we right. have now. So that was honestly the biggest um, thing that I felt different on the car. But I'm used to driving. I mean, I'm, I did my license on the other side of the road. Plus, I've driven all kinds of interesting cars, like really awful ones to really good ones. So I'm pretty good at just getting in any car and driving. But I think what I enjoyed the most really was just how luxurious those cars actually felt, which compared to some of the other older cars I've driven was not the right, same. Right, right. So you started your – who taught you to drive a manual shift? Um, my mom tried to teach me, but then this is the funniest thing. She wouldn't actually let me drive her actual car. So I was like, so how are you teaching me exactly? So I just, you know, in South Africa, everyone gets their, most people get their license in manual. Um, the the cars are cheaper to get there in manual and it's just the way it works. And what kind of cars are they? Um, well, at the time when I first got my, my license, I inherited my mom's, um, VW Golf, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a Fox, I think in America. I think we but have golfs here. You do, yeah. And, and where's the steering wheel? On which side? The um, left side the or the right? The steering wheel is on the right, and we drive on the left. Wow! So right-hand so, drive cars, manual transmission. So you're shifting with your left hand. Exactly. Well, so that's a little tricky. When I first moved to America, it was really interesting because I had rent. Well, no, when I first moved to LA, because I didn't drive in New York. What's the point? Right, to get right. Subway. So I came here. I rented a car from I don't know one car rental place, and I and I followed my manager home to where I was staying and then i didn't drive the car for three days because i was too scared i was like this is not happening and then i had to go to auditions and stuff that then i I didn't have a choice and then i got fine fine with driving on the right hand side but i found at first when i first moved here when i would be really tired i would get onto the wrong side of the road and think why is there no cars around me and yeah, then, and then realized I was heading towards oncoming traffic. I like, you know, these days I like right-hand drive cars, and I like that little shifter on the left. Uh, occasionally, I drive this uh, old Jaguar uh, XKSS replica that a friend of mine has with shifters on the left. I sit on the right. It's a real contraption, a real weird weirdo Dick Van Dykey type uh, car. And what I find when uh, – I like it, by the way. I love it. I love sitting on the right-hander. I love trying to shift because I'm learning a whole new thing, and it's engaging and relaxing because I'm, I'm stressed. I'm anxious all the time, and it takes all of my concentration. What I find I do more often than that is I hang the passenger over the yellow line. When I'm driving. <laughs> I did that at first when I moved here right. as well. I couldn't judge how close I was to the, the side of the yeah. road where the passenger is. And I was uh, – it was really confusing. How long did it take you for that to go away? Well, it took a couple of passengers nearly having a heart attack in my car <laughs> for me to, to stop doing it. But, you know, if they hadn't been there, I'd have been still doing right. it. Right. So let's get back to Car Matchmaker. On the show, you picked the Mustang, which, by the way, was the right choice. I drove those cars too. They the were, the old was, Corvette right? was horrible – driving experience well the corvette's gear stick thing was not working out well for me i did not enjoy that every time i changed gears it was just not what about the seating position the seating position and my legs were jammed into that steering. the whole thing felt like a die cast model a giant 
uh, actual size die cast model of a car that was not really drivable. Well, luckily I do yoga because I needed to put my ears around my head <laughs> to, I mean, my legs around my head to like actually yes. sit in the car. It was ridiculous. I remember we were right where we drove that through Hollywood because it was terrifying. But the but the Mustang we liked. So and you the know, core and then the <clears throat> Camaro, as we said, was just like it felt like a mashup of weird different cars, and definitely didn't have. You know how when cars it wasn't have a good been, example. It wasn't when a good cars example. have been put together with other <clears throat> parts, they right. kind of have a weird rattle. Yep. And then the Mustang had next to no mileage as well. That was so weird. Did you, yeah. did you remember that? It was just it was so low in mileage. It was great. Well, that means it's probably had turned over. <laughs> You think? But it drove so smoothly. I don't smoothly. have the stats on that car. It was a year ago or so. But um, so so wait. So you picked the Mustang. You left the show. You didn't buy the old Mustang. N- not long after. I follow you on all forms of social media. Uh, and if you want to follow Genevieve, you go to GenevieveMorton.com. You- you'll find her, same name, at Genevieve Morton on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and and I saw you in a Ford Mustang, right? A new Ford Mustang. Exactly. So what happened? You went so, from the old one to the new one. So what happened was. And don't worry, I'm not going to sue you. This I, isn't no, like well, Ford I mean, suing John no, Cena over breaking been, the, the car matchmaker contract <laughs> that you must buy the car. So what happened was I had been working at the time with <clears throat> Maserati and um, mm-hmm. I had a two-year contract with them and that came to an end. And it was time for me to get a new car. But I didn't want to get something that was boring because I can't stand that. And then also I wanted something powerful. Um, so I knew I wanted a muscle car and I'd been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Obviously having driven the Mustang, I was like, this is the one for me. And so when I got it, I was absolutely thrilled with my choice. Now you might be thinking, why would you go from such a, like a sports car to a Mustang? It's a very different car, but right. not really. Okay, think about this. Every time I was in the other car, people would be flipping me off. Okay, and let Wait, me just which tell one? You, the Maserati? The Maserati. No, if why? I was at, if I was at the traffic lights, people would race me. If I was on the highway or the freeway, they would just cut me off. Right. If I was at a four-way stop, they would just go. And, and I would be sitting there going, what is happening? And eventually, I was beginning to think I was crazy. Okay, I was really beginning to think that I was just having this persecution complex. Then I got no, in. No, I, I know. I experienced the same thing. Then I got in the Ford, thing. and everyone <clears throat> was suddenly like, please, come in front of really? me. Really? You go first. Let me open the way for you to drive ahead. And I, I realized yeah. it's like people, I think, were thinking, you know, their idea of who I was because I was driving a they car. They are judging you very quickly, making a snap yeah. judgment. And they're going, girl in a Maserati. We know exactly what she is, right? Exactly. She's a trophy wife. She's spoiled. She's never worked a day in her life. And now she thinks she's going to go in front of me. Exactly. No but that's not to say the car wasn't a fantastic drive. And I really enjoyed having it for the <clears throat> time that I did. But Oh, you don't have I'm, to kiss Maserati. No, but I'm fun. happy now in my – I mean, I'm happy now in my Ford. Like, but it's funny you like bring it. this up. We talk about this on the show all the time because I drive a variety of vehicles. And, the, and my bully car, the one where I get judged and flipped off the most, is my Range Rover Sport. Tinted windows and black wheels. I, I'm that guy in that car. And then I can switch that same day and everybody's waving. And then I can get into my wife's Prius and forget it. I'm everybody's uh, favorite friend. Everybody's uh, Everyone's best. trying to get in the back of your car and ask Come on, neighbor. Ride. Yeah, hey, Spike, you want to come to the hoedown? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But <clears throat> So the Ford Mustang. And by the way, guys, you're going to be freaking out right now. Genevieve Morton just, just said she's single. She drives a manual shift car, and now she's driving a new Mustang, and she likes it. Did you get? You didn't get manual shift in the Mustang. Um, well, all most cars are automatic, Kevin. Yeah, they have the option of switching into the paddle shifts. Right, right, so, right. So you use that. I don't love using the paddle shift because when I'm turning and I want to change, like changing gears, and right, going, it's right. very clumsy for me. But what I do love about the new Mustang is the fact that there's a really, really great kind of computer situation going on mm-hmm. you know your with, instrument panel it's really good and it just operates quick i found with some other cars you touch screen it and it takes forever to turn to the page you want and then you're flipping right, through right. music and it feels like you're the more angry you get you press really <laughs> fucking hard on the screen damn it no, do you it's get not like do you that, get angry so. in traffic a lot oh yes <laughs> Why? But I watched Judge Judy. She says, never get out of your car. So I keep that to my. All right. Well, my <laughs> my co-host who's, who had to leave, Zuckerman, who's, a, who's you're probably lucky you didn't meet him. He's a vile human being. Um, he's a wonderful lawyer. He's got a good heart and he's also got a bad heart at the same time. 
he and I have been trying to work on our road rage, and I uh, getting better at it, getting, as in like screaming better <laughs> no, words, or trying not less. to beat people up in traffic, or be, or you know, getting shot. My goal is to not get shot. I don't want to. Well, you live in America. Anything. You probably won't <clears throat> be. If this was South Africa, we're having a very different conversation. No, I know, I know. I actually want to talk about that, but uh, sticking with this, it's I. I had to. I got one of those dumb camera tickets in Beverly Hills the other day. Yeah. And then I got the picture of me, which is, by the way, never a flattering picture. It's really you just look at it and you go, oh, really? I, there's no way to look good in that picture. Your mouth is usually open. There's some drool coming out of the side, and you're just. <laughs> but I, I guess I rolled a right hand turn. And, uh, you know, I, w- I talked to a lawyer who said, just, for, you know, let it go. Do you have the type of personality who can just let it go? You don't have to pay it? And I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, here's what's going to happen. Because they're illegal or they're not illegal in California, no one can give me a straight answer. But this woman told me, she said, uh, all you have to do is you're going to get a, a, a notice in the mail. You're going to look at it. You go, don't log in. Don't acknowledge that you received this. Just put it in the shredder and throw it away. You're going to get another one in a, in, a, in a month or so. It's going to be double the fine. And you're going to take that one. You're not going to log in anything. You're not going to acknowledge it. You're just going to shred that one. And she goes, in about a year, they're going to continue to threaten you. But they can't. it can't affect your credit, and it can't affect your driving record. If and they you, can't arrest you. They can't. They can't do anything because it doesn't stick because there's no proof that you ever received it. And 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 it's not a ticket given to you by a human being. It's by one of these robot camera things that we all hate. Oh, right? Interesting. Do you feel when you're on Instagram? Do you feel this need because Instagram, especially with all the young women there taking pictures, it seems, you know. And I, I had you on the show, and I had uh, Andrea Christina and Karuchi Tran. And, and they felt this enormous pressure every day to deliver content to that feed. Well, there's a couple things. First of all, I made my Instagram private about a month ago. Oh, you did? Because I wanted to start screening the type of people that were following me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because I was tired of just having people writing disgusting comments. And bearing in mind that I realize I've been a swimsuit model for 12 years, I'm not going to be a swimsuit model forever. So I right, decided right. to take this like whole thing and I was like enough is enough I'm not going to tolerate it anymore and I haven't really been posting swimwear pictures for the last year and a half maybe one every 10 picture is a swimsuit picture whereas other girls is one every every 10 pictures is a normal picture so when you do that when you have that kind of site you get a lot of uh, crap a I lot mean of... it's just it's just it's, any, it's any, just uh... disgusting sometimes and quite <laughs> frankly I can't take it anymore it's like it's like being sexually harassed on a day to day basis for How 12 much? years it's driving me insane How much a day would you say I mean, I block at least 100 people a day. No. Every day, I block 100 people because wow. they're annoying me or they're rude or they send me rude behind the, behind the, di- you know, the direct message stuff or ridiculous stuff. I'm just like, you're an insane person. I'm going to say goodbye to you. And you know what the best part of all is? I don't care. A <laughs> hundred. Yeah. That seems well, like because, so much well, but work. I also, well, I have also my Facebook fan page, which has 3 million followers. Right, and right. my Instagram has less, 370 I imagine K, people but, are a little more civil on Facebook. Uh, no. No. No, no, It's no, no. really, so it which hasn't is, cooled off with all that's been going on this past no. year with sexual harassment, no. sexual assault. It hasn't cooled off in the least. Um, I, they're, they're, you know, I would just imagine... That you know, I, I can't even believe that people wouldn't think that for a minute someone like you might just start screenshotting stuff and going, "Look what I deal with on a daily basis." Oh, I have screen grabs of a lot of it. Just right. to be honest, I have over the years. If it's really horrific, I'll just screen grab it. The other thing is, like, I mean, people will send messages. You just set a chill through America. No, other people will <laughs> send. Mail America just went oh. That night I was drunk on whiskey and I sent Genevieve that picture. I have people legitimately asking me, like, awesome, can Genevieve. they, like prostitution, they literally write me and send, like, requests for me, like, how much would I cost? I'm like, excuse me? How much, like, how uh, much would you cost? Harassment. You're kidding. Like, what? I, no, I don't Ugh. cost any, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not right. for sale here, but would you like me to send the screen grab to your wife? Oh, dude. I don't respond that, but I think it's, you know. Yeah, um, no, I know. I, I've actually read that story. There have been models who have done such a thing. I have thought about it, but then I thought to myself, really, do I have time for this? Let me go carry on living my life. <laughs> I was like, I do uh, have other things to do. Like, there is a couple more episodes of know. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman that I haven't watched, so I may as well just tune into that <laughs> instead of bothering with some freaks on the internet. The TV producer in me is, my, my, my hamster wheel is turning. This this idea of confronting some of these people it seems really juicy. Sounds like a really, great idea. And you know, really I love fun. to argue, so if you need a star for the show, I'm your, I'm your <clears> girl. 
Yeah, well, no, it it's a, a hundred a day. I would have guessed that maybe a couple times a day some jerk does something stupid, but not a hundred times you, a if day. You, if you divide un- it up over, the, over Twitter, over Facebook, yeah. over Instagram, over yeah. whatever other platform we have these days, it's obscene. Right, right. And then what is the type of positive feedback you get? I mean, what when when you're putting that stuff out there? What do you, do you get? Well, there's a lot of like diehard fans or hyper responders who are really into it and who've really been um, great with it. Just and the friends, one right? thing, just you know, the thing is, people also if they've been following me for a long time, it's ultimately it's also not really about the calendar. It's about the fact that they're supporting a project that I'm putting out, mm-hmm. and they've been longtime fans and they're buying into it because they know that that's a project that I'm doing, right. which is great. And I think the uh, the pictures in both calendars are really beautiful imagery. It's not disgusting in any way. But this is the one thing that annoyed me. Um, I did put out the calendar and then immediately a so-called fan, I say so-called because it's annoying, just takes the images, scans them and puts them online. And now not none of the images that are in the calendar I have put out digitally. The right. reason I didn't put them out digitally is because I don't want them out digitally. Right, right. And <clears throat> also it's copyright and also... Mm-hmm. Why would anyone buy it if it's available digitally? That's ridiculous. So then they're therefore buying a calendar and immediately devaluing well, it by distributing here, here's it. Here's why. Here, they're they're going to buy it to put it up in, in their garage or put it up on their wall in their office. That's why. They, no one really has the digital stuff. But I hear what you're saying. It's like I, I was just in New York and uh, I saw that Springsteen on Broadway show. And, and they were – absolutely bonkers about no phones no anything everybody put their way the phone and by the end i think there's one song left people started taking their phones out and the the fans are at war with the ushers the ushers are shining lights on them they're putting their phones up i'm gonna take the picture i'm gonna get it and you know that over the summer i saw Coldplay where they everybody's got their phone up right everybody's recording every minute of them at the rose bowl and then they, in the middle of the show, go, hey, uh, we have an idea. You know, we've been talking with a band for a little while. We want to do one song with everybody's phones put away, right? But w- what I'm trying to get at is it's no way to control that anymore. I think what's annoying is, okay, yeah, and, you're and at a concert. To, you, you can't. I can't police it, but you know what you I can't can do? police it. There's nothing I can, you can stop do. putting out calendars, which is why this is going to be the last calendar. It is no longer sustainable <laughs> for me financially to produce right. swimwear pictures like this and put them right. out on the internet if people won't support the project. That's Therefore, right. Therefore, that's going to stop, and I'm going to move on what with if, my life and do something what else. What if people support it now? Well, then it would Will be a different situation. Will you put another situation. calendar up? If I actually made a financial gain from putting in the amount of mm-hmm. work that I put <clears> into producing it for right. my fans, then yes, maybe. But... It doesn't warrant me spending the amount of work that it goes into to produce something to have it distributed for free. Got There's it. no point. Right. And, and And quite frankly, that's another reason why I no longer produce random Insta bikini shots for social media because Where why? does it go? Right. What, what's the People point of that? People are just getting it. I'm not getting paid for it. <clears throat> They're just looking, and I don't feel good about myself when they write crap on the internet. So right, why right. don't I just stop doing it and carry on living my life? It right. seems better. I hear that. No, I, I think that same thing. We work in an economy for free these days everywhere. I see it a lot in entertainment, too. Everybody's asking everybody to work for free, and corporations seem oh, to be the making time. a lot of I money. The and Instagram the is a, the only place where Instagram can help, and it seems like you're headed there – in in this direction anyways is the uh the, the kind of paid sponsorship right it are you am i wrong in assuming you're heading into a kind of lifestyle a genevieve morton lifestyle so there's a couple things um that i'm working on the one being is trying to help women and men i guess who um have created these followings and how do they turn that into a business right okay. as opposed to as i just said giving it away for free yep or how they've worked so hard on creating this content how do they start generating revenue from that and how do they make it easy because like we discussed earlier about the other girls you've spoken with everybody feels like like it's an exhausting process every day to just be making content, putting it out, and it's quite frankly tiring everyone out. So, I've worked with um, a friend of mine to create an e-booklet, which we're going to put out um, in the middle of January, which is "So You're Insta Famous Now What," and then um, <laughs> gives kind of like some help with that. And then in February, we're going to be doing a webinar surrounding all of that, and the people that join in will have access to a group where we can then help each other to mm-hmm. to actually have a better situation with the stuff. That's cool. People are struggling, and you know everyone keeps looking at girls with followings, going, "Oh, they must be rolling in it." And I'm like, I don't think they are. I don't no. think these girls are rolling in it. I think they're they're you know 
selling their souls to get followers and trying and to figure out how to monetize it like you're saying and you know there there are a few who you, you find you know they have the deals now, now they have to put the little hashtag that it's a that it's an ad or they they make some money from doing it but you know Instagram is making all the money they're the ones exactly. making all the money. And I that's think what's interesting, if the, if the girls and what I found has worked for me a lot of the time is when I come up with an idea and approach a brand. Right. And that's really worked for me. But you have to be really clear on what your idea is going to be. And I think that's some of the stuff we're going to be talking about within this webinar, which will be able to help people. Because I think it's, um, you know, every, you're not only just giving everything away for free, but it kind of feels like you're selling your soul at the same time. Now, when you look at Kathy Ireland and what she's put she together. She sell her soul. She sold socks, and she's a billionaire now. Yes. I thought furniture, too. Well, I think I believe it started with socks and then furniture. She started with socks. That's what I was told. Those must be damn good socks. I know. But have, you, have, you ever, have you ever looked up butter socks? What are they? Butter socks. No. Butter socks. Okay. They're not Kathy Ireland socks, but someone referred me to these butter socks online. And I'm going to just tell you my feet have never been happier. Okay, they have been happier one other time, but but after that second close was the butter, butter, the butter socks. socks. Yeah. Ah, Porsche guys, are you listening for those long drives for the Treffin, our group guys, butter socks. I mean, seriously. To keep your feet comfy. Well, Genevieve, is there is there anything we haven't covered here? I feel like we've covered, you know, you know, I here's one thing I didn't ask you about, and I didn't ask you about it on the show. You were on Letterman back in the day, right? Yes. With David Letterman. Yes. What Was that the CBS show? Was that? Do you remember your interview with Dave? Um, it was always the um, just the late night ones, and we it was always ten girls who did Dave's top uh, ten, and then we all got to say one oh, line. Oh no way! I didn't actually get to do an awesome interview, unfortunately. But you, <clears throat> you know did what? a top ten list a couple times. I think I did like four or five times top, wow. top ten list, which was great. No, I used to write those. I remember that stuff. But, yeah. I mean, were, were your one funny? Because what I had to say was not that funny. What was the list? I mean, I had to do... I'm going to say right now I didn't write it. You just said it wasn't funny. Mm, no, they weren't funny. I mean, I don't even remember. It was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember was, those. Yeah. You're right. No, well, I don't One year think we... was uh, top things to to do, um, top things about being a swimsuit model. And the one I remember, the only one I remember that I don't even think I said was all the body paint you can eat. And I was like... <laughs> Okay. I like that joke. <laughs> I'm going to say that I wrote that joke. Okay, great. Because that's silly. You didn't get it, though. I mean, that's sort of, I, but yeah, I don't no. know. Yeah. It's silliness. It wasn't that, that whole great. show was just silliness. Well, Genevieve, it's been uh, fantastic catching up with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I love your passion for muscle cars. I love that you went out there and bought a new Mustang, and you love it. I love that... Uh, I would imagine any guy that sees you in that car is just like chasing you down, trying to get your phone number. <laughs> so what you're saying is I should get a different car. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. That's uh, that's up to you. But I remember lending my old uh, Porsche 911 to a friend of mine on the writing staff at Letterman, and she says every time she stopped for gas, someone tried to ask her out. It's I have just... that look of don't talk to me, though. Really? I think I think I, I, think I exude the I'm not going to have a conversation with you. Please do not approach me. Oh, look. you're a woman right after my own heart. <laughs> I have that in life everywhere. <laughs> what I, I try to change it uh, every once in a while and talk to people. And I do. When I'm out in Malibu, I'll, I'll meet fans out there and smile. But for the rest of the time, I'm just... If it was a fan, I'd be happy to talk to them. But if it's just some creepy dude trying to get in my business, I'm like, okay, no, thank you. Though, <laughs> well, um... how do you know? Everybody here in Hollywood... What well, depends? Looks like a creepy you. person. That is actually true. Yes, <laughs> they trying do. Trying to get in your business. Yeah. My friend, but a lot of them are directors and writers and. My friend was hiking and she she sees this guy walking along. She's like, "Oh, that's my guy. He's got long hair. He's a little bit grungy. He's uh -huh. shirtless." Uh -huh. And then she's like, she says to her friend, "Oh, that's my kind of guy." And then the friend says, "No, that's a homeless guy." And true to the thing, she walked in, digs in the in the trash. Like she was. That's how. <laughs> that's how she was attracted to this homeless guy in LA, and that's what LA. Well, is how like. does a guy approach you, Jen? Genevieve, what do you like? Well, give some guys a tip from a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model to, to all of us, well, an unattainable person to date to I go don't out know with, that it's just to a, talk to. I don't know that it's just approaching me per se, but I think in general, for you, all women that I know, including myself, like a guy who is maybe a lot more. I mean, I just think there's a movement towards the kind, respectful well-mannered nice guy people right. are tired of the asshole i'm just gonna go ahead and say it we're tired of the asshole so it's time to put that narrative away <laughs> and bring out the nice guy because we don't need to be ignored for three days before you text us back we're all good 
Right. So you just want someone to come up and introduce themselves yeah, and look nice you in the eye and say hello. And have some like confidence of like, hey, you know what? I'm a nice guy and I have a nice face and I have a friendly attitude and I'm just like a stand-up guy. And, We're down and, with that. And I, and I look a little homeless, just a little homeless. That's for my <laughs> other friend. That's not for me. That's not for me. <laughs> anyway, we've been chatting with Genevieve Morton, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Genevieve, thank you for coming on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for having me. It's so great to see you again. good to see you. Come back and visit us soon when you've got something else you want to throw out there. If you want to get Genevieve's calendar, it's available right now on GenevieveMorton.com. Yes. That's where you can find it. Um, you're not going to be able to get to her Instagram anymore unless she uh, lets you in the club. But uh, you can follow her everywhere else on social media. This is Spike's Car Radio. See you next week. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. It confuses me. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if True Price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Dot com.